Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 307. Today is, I almost said Saturday. I'm like, guys, I don't know what it is. I keep saying it's January. I keep missing the days. It's just, it's been one of those months. It's Thursday, September 21st, 2023. Uh, I'm very excited about today's show. A great topic, um, a big hot button topic uh, that's hitting a lot of younger generations right now. My generation and younger, especially a lot of conversations about these types of topics surrounding feminism, uh, patriarchy, manosphere, all those things. So it's going to be a great conversation. If you guys are listening on Spotify, make sure to follow the Elijah Fire podcast. That'll really help us out as well. So, um, and write us a review, all that good stuff. Uh, wherever you guys are listening to this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and beyond, that'll really help us. And you guys have been you guys have been delivering. You've been giving your honest reviews, and you've been very kind as well. So, thank you so much for doing that. Keep it coming. Uh, also, I wanted to remind you guys that this upcoming Saturday, on uh, it's twenty three twenty three nine twenty three twenty three. On Saturday, we're releasing the second series teaching series that we did. We used to only have them on video, but now we are releasing them in podcast form for all the people that favor that uh, that method of listening to Elijah Fire. Uh, so it's the second series. It's called Living from the Spirit with Kelsey O'Malley. It's a four-part series, and it's super great, you guys, um, especially if you are a younger Christian and you are trying to figure out, like, how do I even hear God? How do I even, like, what? How do you even get a prophetic word? How do you give a word to people? All that type of stuff. Uh, super great. I, you know, it's been a while since I've revisited that ep- that series, and so I'm actually going to listen to it as well. Um, I, uh, it just I remember it being a really, really great series, really foundational, very accessible. I think it's one thing that Kelsey's so great at. Uh, so that is going to be launching. All four episodes are going to be launching this upcoming Saturday, nine twenty three twenty three. Uh, living from the spirit. It's going to be super great. So look for that on Saturday. All right. I think that's it. I want to jump in because I want to give as much time as possible to this conversation. Uh, it's going to be really great. Um, especially for those of you that might be part of an older generation, um, uh, older than us. Um, I don't want to call you old. Okay. Um, but you may be confused as to like, you know, when you were younger, you're like, this wasn't even a thing. And suddenly now it's a thing. And hopefully this will shed a little bit of light. Um, I, I, I get a lot of feedback from people, especially when we talk about subjects that are really hitting younger generations and people are like, wow, thank you. I had no idea. Like this makes a lot more sense and it actually helps me be a little bit more compassionate or, uh, approach these conversations with younger people a little bit better. So it's going to be great for everybody. Uh, so my guests today, you guys know them, but just in case you don't, they're the COO and media director of restore seven. Let's give it up for our guests today, Chris and Justice Keel. What's up? Hey. <laughs> Welcome back, both of you guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah. You guys are in Colorado right now, right? Yes. And we're outside and you just barely missed a beautifully loud um, airplane going overhead so oh, perfect timing is, <laughs> is that a normal occurrence where you guys are i don't know yeah, i feel like we we're don't we're on a flight path yeah we don't typically do stuff outside but we're 
on the road. Yep. <laughs> so. We're limited with our our video options right yeah. now. So. Yeah, but your lighting is fantastic. We were complimenting you outside. I mean, the sun is doing all the work for you and the clouds, I guess, you know, all that Thanks good stuff. <laughs> yeah. So bear with them, everybody. If there's a plane that comes over, we'll pause, have a moment of silence, maybe. And we'll just appreciate the loud noise and then we'll keep going. So um and what are you guys doing in colorado right now living <laughs> yeah i'm actually getting ready after this i'm going up for uh an elk hunt up in the mountains for dude oh yeah i was gonna ask you okay. backstage if you're doing that i have several buddies who are currently doing that okay. i don't hunt so everyone yeah. everyone should do it once even if you're like i hate that i never want to do it again everyone should do it at least one time you know what's weird though about and i know this sounds like a real obvious thing especially to any hunters but i've i've killed chickens before and i know this sounds weird okay and it's gonna sound like a duh but <laughs> i i you know i slaughtered the chicken i slayed and then i was like oh my gosh the meat is warm and then i was like well yeah of course it's warm it's in the body but i just you're so i'm so used to yeah. handling cold chicken yeah, yeah. So then it was like when the meat was warm, I was like, wow. yeah, man. Yeah, there's that life. <laughs> I've never thought about that before, and that is yeah. disturbing. Yeah. I mean, if you yeah, if you kill an animal, like especially in the snow, like in Colorado, you'll literally see like steam coming out of the snow. Oh, yeah. If you like do the work of breaking it down. Yeah. Wow. It's it's very visceral. Yeah. Is that something you do every year, Chris? For the last probably 10 or 15 years, I have. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I love it. I think it's like super primal. Um, yeah. I'm just brother yeah. together. So it's like really good, just brother bonding time. Uh -huh. um, and I get yeah. some good quality time with his parents, which is especially nice now that we have the baby. Yeah. Get some help. So it's <laughs> good. Just, just, does hunting make you squeamish? Is that something that makes you squeamish or is it? I, I'm sure if I was there, I'm glad Chris does it. I think it's great. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I would not want to be a part of the deconstructing of an elk i'll just put it that way <laughs> it's interesting though because like i don't i'm not crazy about anything human related like broken bones anything like that like a buddy of mine when we were in i was in ywam one of my friends who's out oh he's a big dude he's about my height so he's about like six three six four and but he's like uh, he's he's a, a he's both muscly and just a big dude yeah. and he was roughhousing with someone else, another friend who's about six feet. And he put all of his weight on the smaller friend oh, no. and the friend was on one leg and his leg snapped. And I heard this, I heard this commotion. I don't do broken bones, you guys. And so I walked in, I'm like, what is going on? And all of a sudden he's like, Oh, my leg. And then another guy was like, Oh, I heard it snap. And I throw up my hands. And I go, I'm good. And I, walk, I walked <laughs> yeah, away because it was a YWAM base. And I knew there was so many people around them. And there were a lot of like first responders that lived on our base. And yeah. so I knew he was good, but I just threw my hands up. I'm like, nah, I'm good. I, just, like, totally. I don't want to see it. Don't want to hear yeah, any more details. Yeah. But when it comes to like animal related things, because I've seen other, you know, in foreign countries, yep. you know, we are part of slaughtering different animals for villages and things like that, buying them animals to eat and, um, and you know, poorer regions. And it doesn't gross me out. It's a, it's a, it, so I would agree with you, Chris, that it is, even though I don't hunt, it is a very, the, my experience has been a very primal thing. I agree. Yeah. I, I think it's really, I think it's something, I don't know. I wish more men did it. I think a lot of men would do it if their fathers had taught them, you know, yeah. I think there's a lot of people that 
they don't know how to get into it or they don't know how to do it. Or, you know, I, and I've, it's funny cause I've actually found that hunters are some of the best conservationists too. Like when you're talking about like conserving of land and, and, animals. and animals and actually being like really connected to, to the environment. I, I feel like actually hunters are, you know, from my experience, they've been very, um, yeah. I don't know what's, I guess very, very, I would call them actually more environmental than a lot of the people that claim to be environmental. Oh yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad that he does it. And I'm really glad that I don't. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's very supportive of it, which is, yeah. 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 I'm just an animal lover. So for me, it would be hard, but I also love to eat animals. Yeah. So, yes. you know, so it's like a catch 22. Exactly. Yes, yes. I yeah. like to it eat is. them and pet them. Yes. yes. Not at the same time. Do I want to love you or do I want to kill you? I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I do love animals as well. I think for me, it's like, it's different. Like I remember there was this, I was helping my uncle clear out this like storage unit and there were these huge mice. Uh, and he was like, grab them. He's like, just kill them. And I was like, they were outside in their natural habitat. <laughs> And I was like, I had this machete and I was like full warrior mode. And I was like, yeah, here we go. And then I saw it and I like stopped and I was like, but it's so cute. I'm going to let it live. <laughs> so, True. but I don't mind mice, mouse traps. I've used them before, all those things. Yeah. But when they're in their natural habitat, yeah. basically not in my home, totally. we're good. We're good. Totally. I agree. Yeah. I think, I think killing anything like needlessly is unnecessary. Right. Know? Yes. Um, I'm not like a sport killer. I probably would never post stuff like online about it. Like that's always kind of weirded me out. Like when you have like really big trophy stuff, like I I'm interested in it more for like the, I want the meat from it. Yeah. Like I want like get that. a meat full of freezer. It lasts like yeah. two years. And... But that's just my thoughts. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I, whatever. There's other people who are probably like, I just posted a picture of the elk I killed. Totally. Uh, <laughs> so you know what? Whatever. You do you, okay? Yeah. Uh, okay, so guys, we're going to be talking about, like I said at the beginning, we're going to be talking about feminism, manosphere, um, I guess radical feminism and manosphere, yeah. and how those two worlds are kind of cl clashing. Yeah. Um, but they're both kind of, it From it sounds like from the root, it's, it is all stemming from kind of a similar place. Or yeah. the same place. So why don't you guys explain, I guess, radical feminism as culture knows it right now and manosphere. Yeah. Well, Joe, why don't you start with uh, radical yeah. feminism and I'll talk can about you manosphere. manosphere? Um, yeah, I really do think that, and you can say what you think about this too, but I think that they're like kind of two sides of the same coin. Yeah. It's really stemming from similar issues going on culturally. Mm -hmm. Um but radical feminism today, it is really hard to define because it's become so much like all encompassing. It used to just be um, that the definition of feminism in the dictionary is to, to be a supporter of men and women having equal rights under the Constitution legally. Um, that sort of expanded into being represented equally, which is a little slight difference that makes a huge difference. Um, so meaning that we need to see, you know, a 50-50 representation of men and women in, in every area of culture, um, whether or not we naturally show up 50-50. Mm. And then it's really grown into something way beyond that, which is now you have feminism is really inseparable from this idea of intersectionality, which is really just um, the intersection of like feminism and mm -hmm. race or feminism and disability or feminism and mental illness. And... Yeah, yeah there's not really um, a mainstream, just straight feminist movement anymore. Mm -hmm. I think the closest example of what we have that would be like, 
your average woman's feminism today would be like the women's movement, um, women's march every year. Mm -hmm. And part of some of the things that you'll see at a women's march are signs that are like, um, when one, one woman rises, we all rise. The future is female. Um, abortion anytime on demand. Um, trans women are women. You're going to see like messaging that has to do with literally anything and everything you can imagine. It's not just limited to gender anymore. In fact, to the point where feminism will not classify what a woman is anymore. Right. And so it's a movement that's supposed to be for women and fighting for women's unique struggles that they face, yet they won't define what a woman is. Oh, it's somebody who feels like a woman. Well, you can't define a word using the same word. And so... Um, Meaning you can't, like, if all you can say to define a woman is that it's a woman, <laughs> like, that's not a definition. That's, yeah, that's right? not, So you can't, you know, one of the ways you define something is by not using the word that you're trying to define. By using other words <laughs> right. so people yeah. can understand. <laughs> Um, and so it's, it's very complicated to even try to put into words what is radical feminism today because it's everything political mm -hmm. that is um, very extreme progressive, extreme far left, leftist. Um, it's a Marxist ideology, meaning we want to erase categories. Um, it's, it seeks to destroy the nuclear family because the belief is that the nuclear family is part of what is, quote, enslaving women to, right. um, to men. And so... With any Marxist ideology, I'll wrap this up with this, but no, you're good. any Marxist ideology is, is you'll also hear people call this like postmodern um, theory. The idea is to, um, to pit two groups together. You have the, the, the power holders and the oppressed or the oppressor and the oppressed. And so feminism just says that women or anybody who identifies as a woman um, are the oppressed and that men are the oppressor mm -hmm. and specifically white men. And the more categories that you fall under in intersectionality as a woman, the more oppressed you are, which means the more power you should be given. So if you're like um, a minority and disabled, have a mental illness, um, uh, et cetera, et cetera, and are a woman, you're like top of the totem. Pole. Yeah, you're the crown jewel on the <laughs> crown of radical feminism. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, it, yeah, that's why it's, it's easier to kind of describe how it shows up versus like giving the actual definition because the definition of the word feminism is very benign. Um, it's it's how it plays out that is yeah. the problem. And I think that you could probably even go deeper into talking about the waves of feminism. Um, right. For sure. which, you know, which we'll probably do at some point. But I, yeah. I would say I have one question for you. Who would you say is like the face of modern radical feminism right now? For it's the same feminists as before. So you have like Gloria Steinem. She's still very active. If you heard of her, um, okay. So is there a cultural? Because like with like Manosphere, like I would say, and I'll talk about this in a second. Like Andrew Tate, I feel like is a great face. Of, oh yeah, like, Manosphere. Like yeah, big time. Is there a cultural? Okay, so yeah, like um, I'm so out of touch with pop culture, but like Marin Morris, I think is how you say mm. her name. Um, Lizzo until she just got canceled. Um, Taylor Swift. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah, I would say Taylor Swift, big time. Beyonce, um, all of these women are are very. If almost any woman you can think of who's in the public spotlight is somebody who is helping advance these like mm -hmm. very progressive. The, the bottom here, the great way to define modern feminism, what it's become is anti-man. It's anti-man. Oh yeah, yeah. And anti-family, therefore. Yeah, and I would say on the manosphere side, you know. Um, 
it, it seems to primarily like target, um, I would say like early 20s men. That's one of the hallmarks of it. Um, although I definitely have been seeing like more activity in men who have just been through a divorce. Mm. Um, Interesting. You know, and so and I, I think one of the reasons, so Manosphere is kind of this idea that, you know, I mean, they, they promote things like men should get um, vasectomies, that they should, you know, they should not marry they should, uh, you know, that these are all things that are going to kind of make them high status, you know, be they as sexually active as possible, be as sexually active as possible. Like, you know, it's all about conquest. Um, it's all about getting your net worth up, you know, and one of the big things and, you know, kind of the, the spokesperson behind this, I, I'll call him that, you know, the is Andrew Tate, you know, and he talks mm -hmm. about a lot of these ideas, you know, um, didn't he just get arrested uh, because of human trafficking? Human trafficking, yeah, exactly. Yikes, Ro Romania or something. Yeah, um, which is totally like I mean everything that they that they're saying that he did. I I believe you know I don't I think they're still kind of working out whether this was whether he did all of this stuff. I'm not even sure how it works over there. Right. Um, but based on what he says, this is like it's not hard to believe. It's not that, out of character. You know that this is. I mean he he is he's by his own admission said that. You know, he takes women's IDs. He forces them to to like cam and do all this stuff. He doesn't pay them. He like he has all these this philosophy of how to manipulate a woman. So I mean, it's yeah. this very very narcissistic um, you know power control. Um, everything's a leverage game. Don't let don't let yourself be vulnerable to another human. Don't have children. Don't be responsible for anything. Um, you know, and so I think one of the things that that men I think men in some ways right now are responding to feminism. And we can talk about what I think feminism is doing to men, um, which I think is kind of an interesting mm -hmm. yeah. um, discussion. But I I think that a big part of what men's complaint is right now is this is no fault divorce, and the and the manosphere talks about this a, a, a lot, you know. And, and no fault divorce is is a pretty recent idea, but it used to be that if you wanted to divorce someone, you had to give a reason for divorcing. Like you know, did someone commit adultery? Are they beating you? Are there like what's your reason for wanting to divorce this person? You know. Mm -hmm. But now with no fault divorce, you know, they anyone can divorce for any reason at all. And you don't have to give a reason. So basically, you know, and then it's totally up to the judge if he wants to give this other person 50 percent of your net worth. So a lot of the conversations around this is like I was married. My wife did this to me, you know, and, you know, now I've lost half of my half of my net worth. So, you know, everything has kind of come down to a very material way of viewing relationship. It's all about mm -hmm. status. It's all about net worth. It's all about um protecting yourself from any kind of thing that will limit your sexuality limit your individualism and I, I would say that both you know feminism and manosphere seek you know kind of the same things which is sexual liberation deconstruction of the nuclear fam family hyper individualistic there's no room for um like a god view on marriage or gender in either one of these these camps um and so i think that this is kind of pulling on the cultural discussion of male and female dynamics right now. I don't know yeah. Do yeah. That. yeah. Yeah. You have any, sorry, I didn't. Well, that. I was just going to say, I, do you guys feel like these two different camps, both of these ideologies love the boogeyman kind of illustration of like, yes. there's this caricaturized yes. image of a man or caricaturized image of a woman that is not, it's not achievable by the the own the very people that are kind of promoting this type of thing but it's also not even it it's not even real like like this yeah. this caricature caricature that both sides have created whether it's pro their movement or it's anti their movement 
So if it's in the manosphere, it's like this woman, we need, this is why we need to conquer women. It's because of X, Y, and Z. I'm like, I honestly don't know any women that are like totally. describing. Totally. And, and the same with like, I think the same could be said for, you know, women who are looking at this radical feminist movement and going, I don't know any men, maybe one, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. And so I feel like, um, and I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this, but it does really seem like both of these sides are kind of feeding each other, feeding each other's or fueling each other's flames of like, see, oh. this is this yeah. is the Andrew Tate. You're like, ladies, this is why we mm-hmm. need to be doing this, this, and this, and this. And then the manosphere is like, look at them, look what they're doing, or look what they're saying about us. Totally. This is why we need to. I just want to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, I think there's something, I just um, wrote a book that's coming out very soon. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that I talk about, or um, a theory that I propose in the book, is that there's something that all of us women who are raised in a westernized culture have in common, unless you were raised like in an Amish home or something, that you're going to have what I'm calling internalized feminism. Okay. And because feminism has been so pervasive and so intentional in getting into every area of our culture and um, pop culture mm-hmm. and the movies that we watch, the media we consume, that inevitably we all have this internalized feminist perspective, whether we realize it or not. And so I call it like a little Karen. I'm sorry if your name is Karen. That must be hard right now that I have the name Karen. <laughs> like a little Karen feminist sitting on your shoulder who is constantly letting you know like how um, it's spinning all of your experiences through this lens of like a feminist worldview. And so um, – when Chris and I first got married, I found myself doing this where like he would say something or do something. And I would, this little voice would be like, see, he's doing that because he has a problem with women. Like he's, <laughs> you know, where really it's, it had nothing to do with that. Or, you know, yeah. I would see this with friends in college where it would be like, Oh, that professor gave me a bad grade because he hates women. Mm-hmm. And it's like, actually I read the paper and it kind of sucked. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's things like that where, where, where we put a feminist spin on things yeah. because we have been so programmed to do that as women. Um, I think like probably from millennials on yeah. uh, there, it is so baked into the bread of American culture or Westernized cultures that if you are not intentionally not being that way then you're going to be that way if you're trying to just be neutral and and, and addressing yeah. like interacting with men you are inevitably going to be interacting with them with a feminist sort of lens because it is the very stuff of our culture right now and so then you you yeah. throw in somebody like andrew tate and it yeah. feeds that voice oh. see look well and i i would say on the i feel like one of the things that's come with feminism is this kind of demonization of men, you know? Yeah. Oh, and so what happens when you have a demonization of men in a culture, you have a fatherless epidemic. Um, you have, you know, it's, it's like, it feels evil to be a man. You're not allowed to have like male heroes, you know? So then you have this kind of vacuum of like masculinity of healthy masculinity in, in a country. And someone like Andrew Tate comes along who's uh who's the loudest guy on the street, if you will. And I wish I could say that, like, it's so easy to ignore someone like Andrew Tate. He's a moron, you know? Mm -hmm. But I see a lot of people really like, wow, this guy's, like, saying something that's... Because he's he is isolating a legitimate pain in people. He's not prescribing the right right medicine, but he is is nailing, like, a real problem right now, you know? And so 
he's articulating that and he's doing it in this way that's like i don't care if i'm like people can say what they want i'm a man you know like there's just kind of this he's standing in the face of like this kind of demonization of men mm-hmm. which i think is a natural product of what's happening of, of you know i think that's a natural response sorry of what's happening with a lot of the feminist perspective like that's what men will eventually do i think and if we if we if we're on a long enough timeline i think that we're going to see more of that because i think that when you when you demonize anyone they almost become into that they, they become what you've demonized them as you know like it's, it's like a self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy to some degree um so i i think that we're seeing legitimate backlash against that if you will you know and yeah it's funny because we have women's history month and we have black history month and we have pride month and we have like all of these holidays and things dedicated to mm-hmm. all of these different groups and we have nothing for men and so we don't even have an opportunity to highlight good men yeah. and mm-hmm. you know we'll get into this more of in- which there are many but- yes But good men are sometimes the only thing that stands between bad men and the rest of the world, including women. And so highlighting and bringing attention to good men is so important because it's part of what helps, um, you know, fix the the very pain that we're seeing with the manosphere and with feminism, because feminism is also addressing real pain that women are experiencing. But it's it's pointing the finger at the wrong thing. It's saying the problem is men and the family. And that's really what feminism like has sought to do is to say that, you know, heterosexual marriage and the family is the vehicle, so to speak, of women's oppression. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas really the vehicle of women's oppression is just like broken people. Yeah. And same thing yeah. with with the manosphere. What's causing this this pain for men is broken people. Yeah. And anytime that we, you know, try to categorize all people by the broken people mm-hmm. in it, I think we're gonna have some issues (laughs) yeah yes to that i think you know so i think feminism is doing two things in in men um i think that this this, i see this in christian marriages i see this in the church i see this i see this everywhere um i think it creates two two things you either have then a man will become very hyper controlling um you know he'll almost become the andrew tate character or he becomes very passive Mm -hmm. um and i think the passiveness is almost just as bad as the andrew tate it's not like as it's not as in your face, but passive men are also not a good thing. You know I mean? Like it's culturally it, it's, just it's, as bad. It's culturally. Yeah. I think it's a um, great point. You know, what, what evil does in the face of passive men is really, really bad. Um, you know, and so there is absolutely a place for healthy masculinity, godly masculinity, you know, yeah. it, it is in the same way that there is with femininity. So I think that the, the danger of feminism is, is that it, you know, the, that Andrew Tate is a response to it of whatever, you know, of feminism, but it also creates a passiveness in men um, that I think is also really bad. And I think that, you know, she, she was going to talk a little bit about toxic masculinity. Yeah, I think that women's response to that is is one of two things. One is that we become manipulative and controlling in that way, because that's kind of our um, power, since most men are physically stronger than women. Like that's kind of biologically how women are able to um asymmetrical warfare like they yeah <laughs> so <laughs> we get what we want a different way um feminine wiles yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so chris and i've talked about this a lot like i i had I, I didn't grow up with guys pretty much at all like i had no idea how men thought until we got married and chris was just talking about how there's in men's mind there is a knowledge that physical violence is kind of 
at the end of almost anything that there's that there's that threat of physical violence in an interaction with another man. Um, if you disagree, not that you're going to have that, but there's like that knowledge that, that if it comes down to that, that's okay. Um, yeah, that's like I would say that's being... accurate, Chris. Yeah. Well, and it, and I think that's why it's in some ways, even like when you're competing with a woman, you know, in a workplace or something, it's just, it's just so different because you just, you don't see them as a man because there's not that same dynamic there. That, and I don't think that dynamic is supposed to be there because we're no, supposed to be protecting you know <laughs> like physically like fighting a woman it's, right it's so different you know yeah. um but i had no idea that like that was something that you know and i've talked to lots of men in my life now like my brother-in-law my father just different family members and be like is this yeah and they're like yeah of course i was like oh, yeah. oh it's like absolutely. the whole thing right now i don't know if you've heard this people being like how often do you think about the roman empire yeah i yeah. was like i went down this deep dive because i was like what is everybody i saw a babylon b joke about it yeah, and i was like yeah. okay this is obviously in re yeah so yeah. apparently for those who are not aware <laughs> apparently the average guy thinks about the roman empire like what like multiple times a day and like ask women we yeah. never ever think about it chris and do you think that's true i i do well so here's to some degree i, I you know i i definitely because i think um, about it but i don't think about it every day yeah i i, I, think I do think about it that i was like, eh, like it's kind of true he yeah. thinks about it multiple times a day. Well, I think about, I think about, I think that men yearn for empire. This is kind of like my <laughs> idea. They yearn for like, there's some kind of like, like, you know, greatness that I feel like is in the heart of man that like, you know, for whatever reason, like Rome uh, is the picture of that, yeah, you know, yeah. historically, personifies, you know, that. personifies that to some degree. It could be Aragorn and Lord of the Rings. It could be Star Wars. It could yeah, be like, boy. it doesn't have to be Rome necessarily, but I yeah. feel like there's, there's a similar, um, like just drive in the male spirit, and I'm not sure how how good like the technological Western, uh, you know, culture really is for that desire. I feel like there's no good place for that to to roam anymore, you know, if you will. Yeah. yeah well, I do think there's a, a phrase that I have, and it's every every man needs a quest. Yes. And yes. and uh, and I think that that is kind of going along with what you're saying, Chris. Is that yeah. men actually do need there is a yeah see it's like this is all like half-baked stuff that's sort of like i'm just gonna dump the box of legos out guys um uh that's what i call it when i'm just like i'm just gonna like we're just gonna verbal yeah. process uh and see what's there but i do think that to look at a man to, to want a safe man like i don't know that any woman really really wants like safe as in docile yes i think when the bear shows up in your village you're going to be very happy at just that that intensity and that ferocity that comes out of men when they're defending people because yeah. it's there it is um and so i don't know that us kind of redefining and i want to look i want to be sensitive to any woman who's come out of an abusive situation like yeah. please hear our hearts um and just i'm going to rely on the holy spirit to really help some people you know who maybe are but this these are important conversations that need to be addressed because they're we're looking at things within men that are naturally there and we're vilifying those things right. and then as a result men feel like they have nowhere to run and i think that that's why we see a lot of you know if you look at statistically a lot of things that are you know dominant with men uh, suicide rates school yes. shootings all kinds of things like that i think that men get to this point where they get this breaking point where they've been subdued and they've been told everything about you is wrong yeah. 
and they have no verbiage and they actually don't even have truth. I think that's the other thing. And I think that kind of goes into another phrase that I have, which is what you guys were talking about earlier about finding people, finding things that aren't there. And I would say, whether it's true or false, people will find it. And that's why it's so important to like, if you're like, um, you know, like, uh, men are out to get me no matter what I do, you are going to find that because that's what you're yeah. looking for. And you're trying, yeah. that's, that's your worldview. And that's what you're trying to spin everything to cater towards that belief system. Yeah. And that's why it's so important to have aligned ourselves with truth. Yeah. Um, and all these, yeah, anyways, I want to hear you guys' well, thoughts. And what, and what you look for, you will find like, that's exactly right. Yeah. So what you, that's exactly what you're saying. You know, uh, I think you're totally right on there, Jeff, with everything you're saying, you know, and I, I think it's important. For Justice and I, we're, you know, we we have, I don't know, I mean, probably related to culture today, we might have some extreme views in this area, you know. Our our, our perspective on this is that both men and women are completely 100% equal um, in value before God. Like, there's oh, not 100%. A, you know, there's no question about that. You know, where, where we are trying to kind of, like, dissect and work in progress is, like, our roles are different. That doesn't right. mean our value is different, yeah. right. you know. Um, and so... You know, we have a culture right now that rather than uh, empowering women to be who God designed them to be, uh, we're saying basically that you should be exactly like men are, you know, and that's, that's, what that's really what feminism is. is. Like everything that a man is, you can be rather than everything that a man is not. That's what you can be. And that's how God designed it. You know, where everything a man can't be. Yes, exactly. And vice versa. Right. Um, but OK. Backtracking really fast. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so back before the Roman Empire, what we're talking about. Yeah, what, sorry, totally. No, that's rabbit good. Trail. good. But yeah, that yeah. was great. Um, yeah. The physical strength, threat of violence that men have. Women's response to that, and this is like, like biologically understood as well, is um, through manipulation and and taking control that way. And part of that can be really good and beneficial because um, manipulation on the flip side of it can also be used to as influence. And I think that we were created to be influential and people who use emotion and heart to help influence yeah. people in the right direction. Which but, is, but we can use that for evil. Totally. <laughs> which, you know, an, an, an example of this is actually the story of Esther, which is so funny. I mean, you have this yeah. beautiful woman who basically like wins the heart of the king more or less, you know, and then convinces him to not destroy the Jewish people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it, and that's, yeah. And that, that's like, it's interesting how even the story in the Bible that most women associate is this kind of exact dynamic, you know? Yeah. yeah acknowledging that. Yeah. yeah. Or the other thing, kind of what we were just touching on a second ago is that um, women will adapt masculine strength or try to adapt mm -hmm. masculine strength in response because it's, it's like you see a man like kind of buck up and like prepare to fight you. And you're like, okay, I'll do the same thing. And um, you know, my anecdotal story to this is, um, my degrees in fashion, which is really hilarious and not useful at this point in my life. But when I was going through the program, I met a lot of like high power women and women who were the CEOs of big fashion brands. Boss babes and all yes. that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I was so turned off by them. First of all, they were so rude to me. And I was like, why are you just like rude? But they were rude to everybody. Um, even though like we were scheduled to have this meeting together, it was like, I was wasting their time, even though they I would hate that, happy. man. It was, it. it was, yeah, it was like interacting with the worst kind of man, but it was a woman. 
And I was like, what is this? It took me years to figure it out. And it was only in the last couple of years as I've been like, I call it deconstructing my feminism, um, (laughs) that I've realized, oh, like these women, in order to be in these high power positions, were were putting on masculine traits, but not even healthy masculine traits, because women are not able to be men. Like we, we can't be men. And so when we do it, we end up being a second rate man. Well, that that's the thing. And so then we fail even more because we're trying to be something that we are not, that we were never created to be, that and to embody a type of power we were never meant to embody. Like God created us to be powerful, but in a very different way than he created men to be powerful. It, it looks different. And so I think um, that's like a kind of an anecdotal uh, um, experience, yeah, story to help you understand kind of what I'm talking about with like, what does it look like when women are adapting this masculine strength? It's it's that it's the woman in your life who you have hated interacting with. That's going to be that person. Um, a lot of the Karens are and not the real Karens, but you know, not if your name is Karen, but the people not the who Karens are Karens we love, yeah. not the godly, yeah. amazing Karens, yeah. but the like cultural Karens. The character Karen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's often that um, that very like masculine energy woman, and it's funny because sometimes they dress and look like the most feminine woman out there, but it is it is their energy that they are their their personality that they've sort of put on that is, and and it's really unattractive. Um, And they're just climbing the ladder. That's really what it is. It's just climbing the ladder. And I think it's really a shame because again, it's, it is putting a message out there that in order to be successful as a woman, you have to be successful in the same way as a man, as if male success is the measurement of what it looks like to be successful. Right. And male success is very different than female success. And that's not a popular idea, but it is. It is different. Yeah, no, that's true. And I think that, you know, I mean, I think one of my main jobs as a man is to provide and protect and create an environment for my wife and children to thrive in. Like to to literally like protect them from the world in a way that justice has the, the freedom, the ability to create um the atmosphere that she needs to like to thrive in, to, to, to raise children and to all the things that I can't do that I'm, you know, what I have to do, I feel like is to create an environment where she's able to thrive in my femininity, in her femininity, you know, and to not, um, so we're not like competing against each other in this, you know, in whatever rat race you want to look at, you know? Yeah. And something really, um, I watched this movie from my childhood the other day and it's, for those of you who have also seen this movie, um, it was an American Girl Doll movie called like Felicity, an American Adventure or something like that. Uh-huh. And <laughs> I remember those. Yeah, yeah those American them, Girl but, Dolls. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's so many movies and books like this that I was consuming growing up that looking back now, I'm like, no wonder I embraced feminism. Um, so it, during the course of the movie over and over again, she keeps, she's getting upset because her parents are sending her to these like, classes on etiquette and she's learning how to care for a home and she's learning how to serve tea. She's learning how to make people feel welcome and warm and learning how to dance and all these things. And meanwhile, this character who's sort of like her brother is preparing to go to war. And she's like, that's what, you know, that's what I should be doing. I should be riding horses and I should be going to war. That's the really important stuff. And I think, unfortunately, we've conflated like survival things and like, like sort of fundamental things with being the most important. But it's like, just because something is fundamental doesn't mean it's more important than than something else. Wow, these crows yeah. just coming out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> sorry. 
And so, so Chris provides like a very fundamental or foundational strength yes. to our family mm -hmm. that then allows me to create, it's sort of like the culture creating, like that's, that's sort of my yeah. job as our, our, um, the woman in the home is to bring warmth and spirit and creativity and mm -hmm. those sorts of things. And it's not that a man doesn't also do that in a sense, but it just looks different. Yeah. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. And so yeah. this, this message that we're giving young girls and um, that I like, I ate hook, line and sinker was that, that those things are not important because they're not a part of human survival. And so they're not important. Um, and so what I should be doing, I should be doing the things that are for survival. I should be fighting. I should be, uh, you know, spending 60 hours a week working at some company that doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, that, that's really, like, you know, like that's like, that's really the important, you know, that's not the important things. Men do that so that they can create an environment that women can, women can thrive in. Honestly, right. like that, that is the point of that. The reason a man goes yeah. and fights at war is, is not so that other men can go fight at war in the future. It's, it's for the women and the children. It's for, and enabling us to establish and prolong culture yeah. so we can do things like enjoy movies and music and fashion and all of those things. Mm -hmm. And, and those things are, are just as important. You know, there's the Maslow's pyramid of hierarchy. If you're not familiar with that, I'm not, but it's okay. So basically it's this, um, I think it's a psychological, um, yeah, theory. Yeah of you have these basic needs at the bottom of the pyramid and then built on those are, are other things. So at the bottom of the pyramid would be things like physical safety, um, food, a place to sleep, shelter. yeah, food, food and shelter. And then above that you have um, sort of beginning stages of culture. So like maybe some level of self-actualization and, and that sort of stuff. And then at the top of the pyramid you have creative expression. And so the idea is that you can't really have these things up here if you're worried about these things down here. And um, so like if you're in the middle of a war, you're not going to go do a painting. You can't, you can't do that. Right. Like you have to have right. enough safety in the environment mm -hmm. that these other things can even like flourish and take root. And I think in the home, um, you know, something that manifests in, in it, when it's at its healthiest is a man providing the, the base of the pyramid and the woman providing the top. I would argue that like none of us wants to live in a world without creative ex expression, without self-actualization, right. without those things. Now, in order to have those things, we have to have the basics. We have to have survival and those, those right. basic things. And so they work together. And I think this is part of like this idea of men are providing this foundational thing, but just because something is foundational doesn't mean it's more important than the other things. It's right. just different. It's just different. And you have to have it first, but that doesn't mean that you don't also need the other. Right. And, right. And also too, I think going back to what you guys are saying about, um, you know, this whole thing about, um, women are exactly the same as men. And that's kind of what, a lot of what's being said. And I remember seeing that really start to show up. I guess it's maybe, always been around to in some measure but really really when i started noticing it was probably like 10 10 ish years ago i remember like robin thick the the oh, yeah. singer yeah. he was like talking about his wife at the time was paula Patton, actress and he was like going on and on and on about she is she is even better than me she's like she can do everything i can do but even better she, he was like saying all this really weird stuff too about her and i was like this is is not true Mm -hmm. I said, I think 
equal men and women are equal biblically standing are equal especially as god created them are equal equal does not mean the same and i think that that's where people take equal and they go equal means the same and i'm like no it doesn't and actually it shouldn't and i think that as a result and justice i mean chris i'm sure you have plenty of opinions on this too but justice like one thing i see within the the big radical feminist feminist movement now is it's starting to buckle under its own weight because now how many how many trans trans women have won women of the year awards and like you know and i think that like the fact that it's like guys we actually still don't have this issue and i'm i've heard other commentators point this out too of like men i don't i'm not sure men would allow this of like oh you know a biological woman has been rated man of the year and like uh no um we we never would no right and so justice i want to hear your thoughts on all that because it really does to me it looks like it's kind of you know it's like they they had this drive obviously women should vote yes i agree women should do you know be able to to enter the workforce I, i agree yeah that's great but then it's like once you get those things suddenly it's like well especially if it's being fed by an unholy thing, unholy, unholy desires being fed, then you start looking for other things and you start finding other problems and you go and you go and you go. And, and, and I really do feel like it's kind of buckling under its weight or it's like, it's like they've wrapped full circle and they're starting to bite the tail, their own tail kind yeah. of a thing. A hundred percent. And I think part of that is this, this is what we were just talking about is that female fruitfulness is not valued in our culture. Yes. And the the feminist movement that's the number one thing that they should have been fighting for and that's one of the number one things that god actually fights for with us as women and the way that he empowers us is by valuing our unique way of being fruitful um because we're both men and women are called to be fruitful and multiply and that is you know it's a biological thing of course uh god wants us to to be fruitful multiply and take dominion over the earth but it's also a spiritual reality that we were called to fruitfulness. We are created for fruitfulness. Mm-hmm. And so when we say that everyone's fruitfulness is the same, we are hurting women. And we are also hurting men because then you get this manosphere stuff. But when we tell women that them being fruitful looks like having a job in the workplace mm-hmm. and, and just cranking out like a man does, which I also would argue our workforce is not really feeding men well either emotionally. Um, but it's, it is telling women that that the natural desire that they're having for the type of fruitfulness God created them for is not enough. Mm-hmm. So we've convinced women to outsource all of our fruitfulness. So now it's like um, if you said you were a daycare worker or a nanny, that's like something that people are proud of you for. And you can kind of be like, yeah, I've been a nanny for 20 years and blah, blah, blah. But if you say I'm a stay-at-home mom where you're doing that job <laughs> plus like 15 other things, um, you're, they're like, oh, you're just a mom. Yeah. yeah. And – that that that's it really points to this yeah. this issue like culturally we do not value the the type of fruitfulness that women were created for it is such a, i have one child <laughs> i have one child and i can barely get anything else done except for taking care of him and i know my capacity is going to grow as we hopefully have more children uh-huh. in the future yeah but it's like it's it is so hard in the face of that messaging to not like yeah. be disheartened. And I am a person who's advocating for this and who is around other people who have the same value. And I still feel that yeah. I still feel like that the, the work and the, the fruitfulness that I bring forth is not valued the same. Like I, in my own self, I have to tell myself justice. You did 
accomplish a lot today. You took care of your child. You fed him all day. Huge. You played with him. You yeah. taught him. Yeah. Like, and and I have to remind myself that because culturally we don't value it. Yeah. But man, and I, I I think that that's I think that this is a thing that men can play a huge part in. Like in the same way that like Jesus stepped into our world, like, you know, I mean this, imagine being like with a father and then stepping into this world and bringing dignity to it, you know, and bringing like honor and love to it. I think the same way men can step into a woman's life um, and like raise her up in that place and literally bring dignity to the yeah. work. That, I mean, because the, the work that justice is doing is so much more significant from a legacy standpoint. It really is. From right? a heritage standpoint, like, I mean, like, like, really like sending emails and like doing finance like all this stuff that we like you know we say is like is that really more important than like raising like legacy with kids and family and all of these things that, that women just excel at you know and so i think part of the messaging for men is that they need to like bring honor to a woman who's doing that you know yeah, that's and good, i think yeah. part of the issue also is that women naturally um have lost a lot of this we've we, we've lost a lot of this like the art of motherhood the art of keeping a home because that was something that was generally generationally passed down um there are so many skills that i don't have that i'm having to learn on the fly and i think that it makes it harder to do what i'm doing because my my mom her mom was working and then her mom passed when she was young and but i know for for many in my mom's generation their yeah. moms were working they were in the workforce and they were like latchkey kids you know and then so yeah, i was a latchkey kid taught, yeah, so we're not taught things like um, gardening, which not everybody has to do all this, but I'm just saying there's things that people were doing forever, even in a neighborhood, you know, yeah. gardening, meal planning, meal prepping, um, how to clean your home, how to manage a schedule, how to manage your finances. Like all of these things are things that are great as a woman running your home to know how to do. Yeah. And we have to learn on the fly as our generation and I, even more so Gen Z because we outsourced everything and everything was outsourced for the previous generation. So yeah. we're like, at least one or two, and sometimes even three generations, depending on how old you are, detached from really the art of of womanhood in our on our yeah. own homes. And, and it is a it is a skill, like it's a craft. It's 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 something that you grow and you develop in the same way that you would in a role in a company. You know, um, to be able to create an environment, you know that that is to that allows life and that thrives and that you know i mean it is these are complicated things that we're talking about it's not easy stuff you know mm -hmm. um so yeah back to your question though because i sort of rabbit trailed that no, um <laughs> with the trans stuff yeah it's really interesting because i um for those of you who don't, know, who don't know i was miss tennessee usa 2020 so i competed for miss usa which is a feeder pageant for miss universe and um i think it was two years after i competed they sold the Miss Universe organization um, and it's been purchased by a trans woman. So someone who is a man who's now transitioned to being a woman. Um, and, you know, so this individual got on stage and said, this is now a pageant run by women for women. Oh, Swing and a miss. <laughs> yeah. yeah well, hold on. And, and so now, you know, trans women are allowed to, to compete as well. Um, and I'll just say, as someone who competed in pageants, you're all changing backstage. They're, that's just not an environment where you no. should have, like, mixed company. Um, and, yeah, I think it is so sad. I think the problem is that women are, you know, we were just talking about this, but women, one of our strengths is, is compassion. And so we look at someone who's trans and who's wanting to succeed in the world and wanting to feel like 
you know, they matter and, and they can accomplish things too. And we can identify with that feeling. And so we're like, okay, yeah, come succeed in our category. And men would never let that happen because that is not the strength of men. Not to say that men are not compassionate, can't be compassionate, but it's definitely different than female compassion. Yeah. I mean, the strength of men is to confront, you know, and that's, yeah, yeah. And, that, and there's a place for that. And that can be toxic sometimes, but the strength of men is to co- confront the strength compassion of Compassion can be toxic. Yeah. It's the same Absolutely. thing that, you know, Absolutely. you can have like all compassion and no brains. And, and I think that's part of what's happening is that women are seeding all ground because we see hurting men and it's kind of case in point of like what makes women strong. And, and, and so therefore this is why we need the categories. This is why we need to say, Hey, if you want to succeed, like as a trans person, go for it. But like, we need a trans category and you right. know, like, you do you but you're not you're not a woman like biological women are facing a very different set of challenges a very different set of um things hurdles in life that they need to overcome and and it's not the same and yeah yeah, that's my my two cents on the 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 trans issue with them no i think that's really good um i want to be sensitive to you guys this time but i did want to talk about patriarchy and hierarchy yeah are you guys good? Are you guys good? Yeah, yeah. No, that's, oh, yeah. this is a great. Let's a great. do it. Jump into it. <laughs> yeah. First, I think that, you know, with all this stuff, I, I really feel like one of my big beefs about this conversation right now is I don't like conversations to start with, like, this is how I feel. Like, this is what I think. This is like, like I feel like this is a major cultural issue right now. We have to look to scripture. Like, we have got mm-hmm. to look at the Bible. And the yeah. same way when we talk about homosexuality, when we t- the same way we talk about, you know, nationalism and who should be a leader in abortion and all of these things like we have to ground ourselves and like what scripture talks yeah. about um concerning like gender dynamics you know and from genesis through the new testament the bible is like it makes gender distinctions never a value not just gender distinctions but god is like clearly a god of distinction mm-hmm. and one of the distinctions is male and female yes mm-hmm. And, you know, I would also say that, like, you know, God is a God of hierarchy. I mean, we even see Jesus when he says, this this has always fascinated when Jesus says, I don't do anything but what the Father tells me to do, you know? It's like even Jesus, like, he does not, like, he he does not step outside of the bounds of, like, this hierarchy that he's in with the Father, which is, like, such a bizarre thing to think about. You're like, they're one and the same. You know, they, they actually talk about the denied, that dynamics there uh in the same way i mean it compares to like marriage and this two and one like they're two but they're one you know yet there's this this you see this even like just you know jesus says i don't do anything but what the father tells me to do you know even he is kind of like coming under under this like authority of the father Mm -hmm. um which i think is is really really interesting you know and i feel like right now what we have in america is we've kind of artificially stood up feminism like this is you know like as soon as we were to have some major economic crash or war or something that allows like this That's kind of facade say, yeah. to like be removed. I mean, we're, we're, we're so comfortable in America right now. It kind of, in my opinion, it exists artificially mm-hmm. um, in that if you change the circumstances up, this would never exist the way it does. You know, yeah, I think it's a great point. You would see the very obvious need for hear me now, like good patriarchy, which is different than toxic pa- patriarchy. And my opinion on this is that evil men are always going to exist. They're always going to exist. Good women can't stop evil men. It takes good men to stop evil men, you know? And so you see this kind of need for what I would call just like a healthy 
patriarchy. And when I look at all of what scripture says when it talks about male leadership and stuff, to me, I see that as responsibility. I don't see that when I, who, like, when I look at like leadership, you have to look to, to Jesus, who was like the ultimate servant leader. Like Jesus was a servant leader. Um, he was someone who took responsibility. So when I see it talking about, when I see scripture talking about men, I see that more as responsibility that I have before the father, mm, uh, that I'm going to have to give an account one day. Mm. Um, it's not my job to thumb down, to push down, to um, to hurt someone, to, to leverage. Lord over yeah, at it's, all. yeah, it's not licensed to lord over someone. No, yeah. absolutely not. And I, I would imagine that, you know, God's, however God lays out judgment, you know, that's going to be significantly worse for the person who does that over another person. I just think that that's, that's probably a principle all through scripture, yeah. you know. So I think that, you know, people get really like flared up about like leadership and, you know, all this kind of stuff. But to me, it's just responsibility. Like God is putting more weight on my shoulders, whether I want it or not. And there's some days I don't want it. I'll be totally honest. <laughs> oh, it's true, you know, dude. Like, I, I, I wish I didn't have to be the guy that has to go do this right now, you know? Um, so, you know, I think that patriarchy, I think, I think it just has to exist we can have a choice on do we want a good patriarchy or a toxic patriarchy because there is toxic patriarchy. And for all the people that have experienced that, I'm sorry. It's like, like, the, like yeah. that is, it's a real thing. Like evil men is a real thing, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and whether it's fathers, husbands, boyfriends, pastors, Brothers. these are all like real things, you know? And maybe I need to change my definition of patriarchy because I'll just That's say, I, that we need to define it. <laughs> right. So, Cause I'll say like, the way I understand it, listening to, I don't know, whether it's the whatever podcast or it's you yeah. know just clips from that, seeing people define that or, you know, out in public, people defining it mm -hmm. is it from what it seems like from my perspective, and this could be wrong, obviously, like, because it sounds like, Chris, you're classifying the patriarchy as more just any man that functions a certain way in an, obviously lording things over manipulative controlling all the negative attributes kind of as a, as more of an ideology uh, rather than an actual institution or this global network of men <laughs> who are wringing their hands, trying to find women. Cause look, man, like I grew up, I mean, I, I've been working for over 20 years. Uh, I'm never, I've, I've had plenty of great female leaders I've served under or worked under if I was working in a ministry or in the actual like corporate world or whatever. I've never witnessed this. I've talked to a lot of women who haven't personally experienced any kind of hand wringing men who are like, who's the next woman I could put under my thumb. You know what I mean? Um, and so it does sound like, obviously I agree with, with kind of your assessment of, you know, this is real in terms of there are men that are like this. Absolutely. But given some of the definitions I've heard, and again, I want to hear you guys define this and you hear your thoughts because I'm totally open to changing how I look at this. Um, but it, it does sound like, okay, well, there's this, the patriarchy is all these men that are, you know, whatever. And it's, I, I think it exists in pockets a hundred percent. I think Hollywood is a perfect example. There's a lot of old money. There are a lot of old systems, and I think, anyways, there's a lot I could say about it, but I want to hear you guys' thoughts. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. I think, um, okay, so the people have tried, um, when I've 
I like to argue with people, so I've argued with people about this lot. People have tried to like compare patriarchy and feminism and saying like, just as you're saying, like you can't reclaim feminism because um, it's too far gone. Why do you say that you can reclaim patriarchy? And my argument is that patriarchy exists naturally when you mm. leave people alone. It's what's naturally going to happen. And feminism is not. Feminism is not going to naturally happen. It is something like Chris was saying, sort of artificially has to be created. And and throughout history, when we've seen matriarchal societies, it's typically been because there has been some female goddess that has been elevated. And so the females are elevated because of this perspective. But it's, again, that's been from an artificial, like cultural perspective, uh-huh. not how human beings naturally sort of order themselves. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. And so, because you have you have two things that shape um, like a society. You have cultural things and pressures and, and ways of looking at things. And you have biology. And they sort of work together differently in different countries because of different cultures. So they sort of react differently. And only my perspective is that only in a country as wealthy and stable as the U.S. has been fortunate enough to be for the last couple hundred of years, is it not obvious to us that patriarchy exists in nature? Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I will define sort of what mm-hmm. I what I think this is, mm-hmm. is families. It's a it's a, a culture or a group of people that's made up of families um, where the father is the head of the household. And obviously there are going to be situations where that is not the ideal because there are crappy men. And there are also men who are sick and not able to be the head of the household in that way. Or um, there are men who pass away. And so their wives are left in that position. And those are all like really sad situations. That is not, I, I don't believe that that is God's ideal. I also don't believe that that's like nature's ideal. Obviously that's um, when, those are like outlier situations, but that's really like the extent of my definition yeah. of, of a patriarchy is that we have families and the husband is the head of the household, meaning because he is the physically, physically the strongest person, because he is the person that is keeping evil at bay. Mm-hmm. And maybe in, in the U S this is much more figurative than it is, um, you know, a reality like you might see in a third world nation or a war-torn nation. But that is, I think, like we talked about with the, the pyramid of hierarchy, the Maslow's pyramid of hierarchy, is that men provide this very like foundational um, structure to society. And then that allows women to come in and to be able to thrive in the things that we are really gifted at and good at as women. Hmm. And the argument I frequently hear is people want to bring in the outliers. Well, every woman isn't nat- naturally feminine. That is true, okay? Not every man is naturally masculine. That is true as well. But we have to look at those the same way we look at any outlier in nature, in biology. That's an outlier. It is not, we don't create culture and societies around outliers. We create it around what is considered, quote, normal. You also don't have to shame people because they fall outside of that. Like, I'm absolutely not advocating for shaming people who fall outside of normal. But we don't, um, you know, sort of cater our culture and our definitions to outliers. Yeah. Well, it just seems like, yeah, it's like the, we make the exception the rule. Yes. You know, and I think that we it's like, well, the United States right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's like everywhere. It's like, oh, well, this small percentage that takes up 0.05 or 1% of the population, yes. suddenly we need to elevate them yeah. up to this high level. And everybody needs to change thousands of years of terminology 
to come alongside these people. And if you don't, we're, we're putting in legislation so right. that you go to jail or you get fined <laughs> yeah. if you don't. I'm like, hey, uh, if I may, this seems a bit extreme. Uh, yeah. But no, I didn't think about that. I, I guess, you know, because there's so what you guys are saying is there's a good patriarchy and a bad patriarchy. Well, I, I'm saying that patriarchy is kind of neutral. Like, as, yeah. as, okay. like it's it's same as family. Like you, you just see it. You see it either represented in a healthy way or you see it, see it, you know, represented in a corrupt way. Um, okay. Yeah. And so, and when it's corrupt, it's really bad, you know? And I think that, you know, I, I think justice and I think you guys both hit on a really good point that I want to just hit Jeff, when okay. you were saying, I'm not even really sure how to define it. Like it's kind of, I feel like it's kind of become this cultural boogeyman word. Ah, uh, the patriarchy. What do we even mean? Are we talking about companies? Are we talking about like men in general? Are we talking about families? Are we like, what are we talking about? When we use it, we're typically talking about it in a like a family sense, like in a fam- like in a familial yeah, okay. sense. You know? Um, and you know, I think that it 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 you know it, it used to be represented in different ways. I mean, when this country was founded, this is wild, dude. If your son did something, let's just say your son went out and committed a crime that son would not be punished. They would go to the father and whatever the, whatever the punishment was for that son, they would put it on the father. Whoa, so, dude. Like, there was this kind of like, like you are like the buck stops with you is kind of the idea. And that's how I process it. If there's not food on the table, that's my fault. If the environment has somehow gotten so out of whack that like everyone is yelling and there's some kind of like, you know, there's something that's completely disoriented in the home. That's on me. Um, so when I, when I talk about this, I, it's funny, I don't even really view like, um, what justice should be doing for me. It's like, where, where is their responsibility that I'm not taking right now that I need to be taking, mm-hmm. you know, so I see it more for me. It's all about like, what am I accountable to the Lord with? You know, I mean, like, that's primarily what it is. Like, where am I like screwing this up somehow? Like what in me needs to change? Where am I being passive? Where am I not? letting her breathe enough. Where am I, you know, mm. being selfish in some area, you know? And so, because I'm seeing it as my role to create an environment um, that she's able to thrive in, That's you know, good, for, for, for me, I'm, I see it primarily as family. I think we could have a much longer conversation about work and church and politically and all these other things. I don't think we, that's really the place. We don't think we have time for this. No. Right Another now, episode. That, that is the, the, <laughs> the way I, the way that I see it. Yeah. yeah. And similarly to, to like Chris saying, I, as a man, like his job is not to look at like, how good is my wife doing? I think it's the same thing for me. And it's not my job to be like, well, is Chris doing his job? Is Chris is he pulling me? his weight? Yeah. Is he, is he loving me like, yeah. like Christ loves the church? Is he laying down his life for me? My job is to do what God asks of me and his job is to do what God asks of him. And when we do that, both of us have our emotional needs and physical needs met. And I think that that's like, so important we're, we're so we're such a hyper individualized really patriarchy is kind of the antithesis to am i saying that word right i yeah. can't say words and, right. and antithesis usually Antith- people say i think yeah. i i literally cannot pronounce words anymore since having a baby it's like it's the mom my, brain yeah. yeah um the antithesis to patriarchy would be hyper individualism um okay. it's this idea that Everything is about how I can succeed, how I can be happiest, how me, me, me. And it's like, no, like the, the, the Lord did not create us to be individual, hyper individualistic. We yeah. were created to, first of all, need a spouse to, and obviously like within reason, but to, to need a spouse, to need a family, 
to need a an extended family, to need a community, a village. And so it's a, to be a part of the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, uh, we're each playing a role inside of a cell. And then the cell is like a part of a foot mm-hmm. and the foot is part of the body, you know, uh-huh. like where all of us want to be the whole body of Christ and we're not. And so it's, I think patriarchy helps us. My, my perspective of patriarchy, this is, it's a framework that helps us plug back into the fact that we are not just ourselves, that everything we do is, is interdependent on each other and that each of us plays an important role. And as our kids grow up and are older, letting them know that they play an important role. They are, they're an important piece of our family and what they do matters. And they're, they're not just a neutral, you know, addition to our marriage. They are an integral part of our family and then helping them go off and do that themselves. Mm. Um, So to me, that is sort of patriarchy is, is a vehicle that can be used for good or for evil. Whereas feminism is not, it's an, like you said, an ideology that ends with us hating men and so it's not something that naturally exists, um, whereas I think this yeah. sort of structure of families does naturally exist. And it's existed for thousands of years. I mean, patriarchy, <clears throat> we can sit here and try to demonize it in all these ways. Pa- patriarchy is why we are where we are right now. Right. That's why we have the U.S. Constitution. Yes. That's why you guys are kicking it in Colorado right now <laughs> and not having to, you know, it's like, yeah. Totally. Um. But, but but it allows women to thrive and yes. to to serve in positions of power because otherwise it is artificial. Like we don't have the opportunity to bring our female leadership to the table without male structure and leadership because there would just be chaos and division and fighting and men vying for land and you know what we saw for for a long time in history. So. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, I think those are great points, you guys. And um, I think too, to speak to that hyper individualism, you know, I recently, my wife and I recently saw some friends of ours. Um, well, it was a couple of years ago, but they they got divorced, and um, really, I mean, the big issue was just a lack of communication. But this hyper individualism of like, and I've heard this from a lot of people of just. I still have my life. You still have your life, but now we are married and we live under the same roof. And so anytime that my life is interrupted by you, it's just another, it's like another notch of like, okay, that's like strike one, strike two, strike three of you violating my, my world. And there's a misconception about that. I guess I, I, I'm also curious you guys of like, Okay, obviously aligning ourselves with truth and and you know the biblical model of these things is really important. And I also would 100% agree that it starts in the home. You know, cuz we can look at like a community and be like, man, the community needs to change and it's like, yeah. well, yeah, man. I mean, I love I, I agree with you, but if it hasn't if the problem the root of the problem hasn't been addressed, then it's like this this thing that you're implementing isn't isn't going to it's like giving a kid a really expensive thing that's very fragile and easy to break when they haven't learned responsibilities basic responsibilities you know it's like hey son or like for a kid's first car you buy them like a you know a two hundred thousand dollar sports car and you're like have fun 
even though your character is razor thin right now and you're going to make <laughs> more decisions, you know? Um, yeah. And I think that, so that's why it's so important to start on a, I guess, a microbial level, societally yeah. speaking, in your family. And those families collectively create a healthy environment that expands outward, right? But it starts in the family. And that's why Satan is so after family on multiple fronts, whether it's pornography, whether it's, um, you know, hyperfeminism or manosphere, whether it's all these different things. The whole point is he's trying to disrupt family because that was yeah. what God created in the very beginning. Right. So. Yeah. There's, there's a quote from Jordan Peterson that I think like sums up. Jordan Peterson. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> sums us up so well. It's something to the extent of before you criticize the world, go home and clean your room. Dude. His, yes. Yeah. His idea is that maybe part of the reason that you think marriage is the problem is because you've seen marriage be destructive in your own life. And so it's, it, it's essentially assessing the lenses that we see the world through. Good. If you grew up with a toxic father, then you probably think that fatherhood is inherently toxic. Yes. You know, mm. if you grew up with a mom who was homeschooled you and was like the worst, then you're probably going to be very anti-homeschool and like moms shouldn't be that involved in their kid's <laughs> life. Well, the real problem isn't, isn't homeschooling, isn't family, isn't moms. It's that your mom was toxic. Your mom was broken. And so we need to address the brokenness in our own lives before we try to assess what's going on in the world around us, because it's going to paint the world around us in colors that are maybe not there. Yeah, that's good. We need to, we need to deconstruct our own feminism. Yeah. Before. yeah. Well, and I would say that both feminism and toxic patriarchy are things that will destroy the family. And I think the family is probably the most important like unit institution institution of people that we have in the world i think mm. i think it was i mean it's 100 percent god's design you know family is really like everything i don't mean this in like the mob sense i just mean it in like it's it's how children get their first experience with humans in the world i mean it's 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 how they're raised it's the environment that they see every day is is their family you know and so if we don't have good strong healthy families uh, it's going to be producing people that are pro really to some degree, to degree, unable to function in society, in, you know, in a healthy way. Um, and I love that Jordan Peterson quote too. I mean, and I think Paul says something similar. If you're someone whose family is not in order, you probably shouldn't be in any kind of leadership, you know, yeah. it's a strong statement, but it's like, if you can't even like get this small unit <laughs> on the same page together, you probably shouldn't be a leader, you know, like it's just, and it's a hard statement, but yeah. I think that there's something to that, you know, it's mm -hmm. a, you definitely shouldn't be out espousing all sorts of opinions, you know? Right. Or, and it's like giving marital advice when yeah, your marriage totally. is yeah. not so hot. Uh, yeah. There's another similar saying to that. Um, when I was in YWAM, there's a well-known lady in YWAM. Her name is Joy Dawson, famous intercessor. And, and she, mm -hmm. she would say, if you can't make your bed, you can't change the world. And it really was, it was about that same principle. It's yeah. not saying, okay, well, if you, well, I didn't make my bed this morning, you guys, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, uh, guilty is charged, but the whole point is personal responsibility, yeah. you know, taking initiative, you know, it's like, if you want to go clean up the world, start in your world, start yeah. in your immediate world. And that's kind of the lesson behind it. And that's what Jordan Peterson is saying as well, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's so. so much easier to criticize the 
outside than it is to take care of the inside yeah. right you know? it's so much easier it's so much easier yeah. like, we just go online and like complain about it you know like it's just like <laughs> you don't have to deal with the discomfort of yeah. acknowledging your own shortcomings right. yeah. totally yeah super great yeah so um yeah guys this is great um i mean i guess uh, like i maybe just to close this out i, I i'm curious how does this apply <laughs> how does this apply to you know uh that the girls on the whatever podcast, for example, the guys on the whatever podcast, um, like how does this apply to them? Is this just a, Hey, let's focus on our worlds. Let's connect with one another who are doing, who are, who are of like mind in terms of a healthy, healthy image of what these roles mean. And then it's going yeah. from there and just impacting people around you. I just want to hear your guys' thoughts without what a great question, Jeff. Yeah. I'll tell you what I tell the guy, the young guys that I talk to. And then justice, I think could, could answer also, okay. with, you know, kind of what she would say. Cause I actually interact with a lot of guys who love Andrew Tate, you know, who are kind of wrapped into this because they, there's a sense of hopelessness. First of all, I mean, there's like every girl I know is like, you know, a thirst trap. She's on only fans. She's, you know, she's like doing all these, she's radical feminist. She's, you know, she's like, so there's this kind of hopelessness that there's no good like women in the world. And so I'm always just encouragement. First of all, like you need to be a good man before, yeah, like, before you can do any, don't worry come about on. women right now. Yeah. <laughs> Become, be a good man. Um, you need to be doing these things. You need to start like raising yourself, like training yourself from a character standpoint. You know, you need to focus on scripture. You need to get, be part of a church community. Um, you know, what are you doing to like be able to provide for a woman? Like, what are you like? What are you physically doing? Like, what are you what, what are you doing for work? Like, what? How can you elevate that? Like, how can you what's how can you challenge yourself? Like, so I'm always telling these young men. First of all, have hope that there's someone out there because there is. Yeah, like, there's a good woman out there. Like, do not blow like who you can be as a person by listening to Andrew Tate right now, dude. For real. Um, and so I, I just try to like seed hope and seed responsibility. Like those two things in, mm, in young men's okay. work. And so I feel like, cause it doesn't do any good to focus on things that you can't control. We all know this, like focus on the things that you can control that's right in front of you. And so that's what I tell young men. I don't know. Yeah. Why. I think, um, you know, part of that would be as we see young women who are like, why are, why are women getting on OnlyFans? Why are they creating this type of content? And, um, you know, Chris and I have had some like lighthearted arguments about this because I think typically the male perspective is for attention. You just are attention seeking. And I actually don't think that's the case. I think that's interesting. There okay. I would have probably on. said the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure that there is an element of that. Um, like, well, I would true. say this brokenness. I mean, yeah. anytime anybody does something like that, there's brokenness. There's a need to be met, but sorry, I want to. Yeah. yeah. And there is a biological drive in women to seek male attention and it's, for our own protection. And so that's going to play out in if it, the feminist movement is telling us that that is the acceptable way to play it out, then it's going to play out that way. But I think also it's, it comes back again to women feel like they have to be producing the same type of fruitfulness as men. And as a woman, there's few things that can make you as much money as fast as doing something like OnlyFans. These girls are making like $10,000 a month easy. That's crazy, man. Just from, you know, creating this, you know, sometimes soft pornographic all the way up to pornographic type mm -hmm. of material. And so I think one issue is feeling this pressure that I need to provide for myself because there, there are not men who are worthy or safe, um, to like 
come underneath and, uh, you know, I'm going to risk using this word, but to submit to, um, and I don't (laughs) obedience, but, but to come under his protection. And I, I've talked to so many young women in the last couple of years who want to have like a traditional marriage, who want to have like this beautiful dynamic. They're describing everything that is like a very traditional marriage, but they're like, Oh, I won't share a bank account. Oh, I would never stop working and just take care of my kids because that would make me really, really vulnerable if we got divorced. And I'm going, why are you planning? For right. Divorce? Why, why is divorce planning? even, uh, you know, a footnote, I guess, in your. Yes. And, like, and it's starting out your life. Yeah. It's really sad because that is the message that young women have right now, that marriage is unsafe. Men are unsafe. And, and so they're not. I have to make sure not only do I need to have my female fruitfulness because I'm going to have babies and I'm going to want to mother them and nurture them inevitably, but I'm going to also need to be financially stable and secure enough that if something happens, I can support myself. Like that is so sad. We have to be willing to surrender. And that is very scary as women because it's very vulnerable, but kind of like what Chris was saying, there are men, there are good men who are worthy of surrendering to and submitting to Chris is not perfect, but he is still a good man who is like a hundred percent worth me submitting and surrendering to like, I am completely at his mercy. Like he provides for us. I I work very part-time. He provides for us and enables me to be able to eat the organic food that I need to eat for my like food allergy. And he hunts too. And so exactly. He literally hunts and gathers. Talk about organic <laughs> yeah. food. Um, and to take care of Yeah. If Chris wanted to divorce me, I'd be screwed. But you know what? I'm not scared of that because Chris and I are both 100% dedicated to our marriage. We're 100% dedicated to surrendering to like how God has called us to live as man and woman. And so yeah. there are men like that. They're, they're out there and they're looking, desperately looking for good women. So if you're a woman who is like wanting that, be willing to surrender because otherwise that, that man who is willing to provide is not going to be, you're not going to be the kind of woman that they're looking for. Well, be mindful where you're looking for men or women, right? Like that's the other thing is like, I've heard so many people who are like, I can't find a, a good man. And I'm like, and they're like, but they're going to bars. And that's yeah. where they're yeah. I mean, if I may. Totally. You might want to leave the meat market and yeah. go somewhere else. Right. You know what I mean? Like totally. to find, you know. Yep. Gyms yeah. can be the same way. I mean, they're kind of, I call them meat markets as well. <laughs> but, you know, they, yeah. yeah. I mean, and there are some basic things. I mean, for sure. I mean, it's like, I don't know. I, I feel like this dynamic that we're talking about only works when you have two people that are submitted to God and submitted to a biblical way of doing things. Like if we were to talk, if we were to say what we just said to someone who wasn't a believer or didn't want to even try to have a biblical worldview, this would never work. You know, I mean, this would never, mm-hmm. it's it the patriarchy. Idea. So they would be like, I'm out. I can't yeah, talk about totally. it. I'm done. Lays over. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I think it's, I don't know. I think it's, it, <sighs> even when she like says submit, like it's like really hard for me to even hear that if I'm being totally honest. Cause I, I, I have no desire to rule over anyone, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. and ultimately for me, it's always like coming back to the Lord. Like, where am I deficient in loving her? Like, where am I doing this in a way? Because I realized that 
in some ways, like I, I would rather be more accountable to, to me if I was her than me to God, <laughs> because it's like, you know, like I, 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 you know, that, that like scares me. Like, it's like, you know, yeah. um, because if we're talking about, you know, if we're talking about a system like that, like there's nothing I can hide from God. Like he knows everything, I've right? Done. you know, it's like, yeah. there's no getting away with it. Um, <laughs> but I also, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I think it's, uh, these dynamics we're talking about only work when both people are submitted to the Lord. That's, that's it. You yeah. Know? But when you are, it's like so yeah. beautiful. It's not easy because you're constantly fighting against like your fleshly desire to self protect yeah. and your fleshly desire to be hyper individualistic, especially in our culture today. But it's good. It's mm-hmm. like so good and it's so rewarding. And we'll both like, you know, there'll be like days of like kind of working through what that looks like. And they'll be like, we, we figured out, we're like, this is awesome. Yeah, like yeah. we're making this happen. We're establishing not just, we're not just two people, but we're establishing like a, a family and a legacy that we're excited to pass to our yeah. kids. And even like a oneness of, of each other. I don't know. It's weird to explain, you know, that there's a, um, when I feel like I can go be the role that I need to be and she can be the role she needs to be, there's this like merging and like melding of heart that I don't know any other to explain. Like, it's like, I would never want to hurt her. Like she's like part of me, you know, um, that becomes just very tangible when you're not like competing against each other and when you're not like vying for the same thing. And when you feel that actual synergy of like real connection, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We actually just did a, three-week series on marriage um my wife and i did and we had different couples each week and it was super powerful and so i i love that this is like the next episode our final episode was yesterday um and uh i love that you guys are bringing this up because it's very much a it's sort of like you know we acknowledged the marriage thing and now it's like okay well here's the other kind of i guess the 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 grassroots level you know all these different issues here's the grassroots level of all these different things that are affecting, especially younger people right now. Um, but I agree you guys. I mean, it's like when you focus on yourself, don't look at, it's sort of like, I mean, honestly, like where like church hurt comes in and people go, Oh, well, this Christian hurt me. I'm not a Christian anymore. I don't want to be a Christian anymore because yeah. this Christian hurt me. I'm like, yeah. well, who are you serving? Right? Like, so I, I think rather than looking at like, okay, yeah, maybe you had a couple of bad, relationships and maybe some of those relationships were poor decision making on your part you can change you can focus on okay what do i need to do to be better because I, there's a certain type of guy that i want but if i look at or or girl you know and I, but if i look at myself i see if i'm honest i see some areas i need to improve on yeah. and i think that there's this misconception of if i find someone right then those issues will fix and oh my god oh my gosh like please i beseech thee do not uh, please abandon that mentality if that's yeah, you yeah, yeah. Like, i thought the oh same my- thing about having a baby i thought i was gonna like magically be organized and i was yeah. like why did i think that um yeah oh, man. but jeff that's so good i you know because i we're so in the same way. It's like the only thing that marriage does is make all of the problems that you had before way worse. <laughs> right? <laughs> like it magnifies everything. It doesn't oh. fix anything. But um, then you have the cover <laughs> of unconditional love. That's not the yes, only thing it yes. does. Well, you know? but it 
like it definitely doesn't go away with your know? problems yeah I mean, I your think problems are still there right marriage is beautiful it's god created it's holy it's all the things that the bible says but it's also so it's a grindstone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just is you know like it's it's it is it's going to make you more like God, which means you're going to be less selfish. You're going to be less inward focused. You're going to be more humble. You're going to see like there, it does all the things it says it's going to do. <laughs> well, and that's it too, is like, you know, if you think that, you know, as a single person, if you think that it can be painful and difficult, even just walking with the Lord now and dying to yourself, get married. And right. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I will say like, and this is something I'm, I mean, Lauren and I have been married for, you know, uh, 12 years, just over 12 years now. And we've been together since 2008, you know? And so, um, so for us, it's like, dude, like when you allow the Lord to take control and to submit to him, cause that's it, you know? And, and, uh, that's what it's about is, but when you allow that to happen, suddenly it's just like marriage is so fruitful and it's so amazing. And, yeah, hard stuff. Absolutely. For me, I'm like, yeah, but like, you're going to, uh, you're going to encounter difficulty in any relationship, yeah. even if it's not romantic, you will face conflict. And so for me, I'm, I carry the mentality of conflict is inevitable because you're dealing with two people who are being refined and conformed to Christ's image. So it's like, but for me, cause that was the thing that drove me crazy is like, and I listen to people that would talk to us when we were getting married, or I hear them talking to other people who are about to get married. They're like, Oh, marriage is so hard. And I'm like, uh, I mean, yes, that's not but a good message to can, be sending out. Can we not be sending that message that maybe that's not the best message to be sending because yeah, but what you're talking about is conflict, which is inevitable, yeah. whether you're romantically involved with someone or not, totally. you know, you get in conflict with your coworkers. Right. Sure, so, totally. so for me, it's like, yeah, that's tough. But like, man, the fruit that gets produced as you continue oh, yeah. to progress is just like, oh, it's, am- it's amazing. There, there's nothing that will produce fruit in a person's life like marriage if they Dude, allow, for real. if they allow it to. Yeah. And I think that you can say that while also kind of like popping the bubble of the Disney princess, yeah, romantic, over overly romanticized <laughs> idea. Of marriage. I think a lot of people have that. I think that's why they're disappointed. Yeah, you know, they no, go into true. it, and it didn't. You know, it wasn't the fairy tale that they thought it was going to be. You know, um, here's my thing: life is hard, so just pick your hard. Which hard? Do yeah, you want? that's right. Do you want the yeah. hard that's like connected with other people, and you have unconditional love, and you have a family, mm-hmm. and you you expand your family because now, like, we're living with his family right now, and it's awesome. I feel like I just got a second set of parents. Mm-hmm. Like, do you want that, or do you want hard? But you're all alone, and you're eating microwave Chinese food in a <laughs> high rise apartment in New York city all alone. Yeah. But you know, like, make six figures. So, so come on, yeah. you know, like, yeah. Well, and that's it though. It's like, it is really that like choose your heart, but here's the thing. There's a difference between those two. One of them promises fruitfulness, yep. abundance, all of those things. The other one is like a carrot dangled in front of you of like, well, yeah, I have six, fi- I make six figures, maybe seven figures now, but my life is, I still feel empty, yeah. you know, and it's because you've abandoned all of these things that actually got instilled in you, whether you're a man or a woman, like, you know what yeah. I mean? And so it is, that's like, that's the thing I look at too, is like, well, both promise difficulty, yep. both, you know, whether you're self-serving or selfless, both promise difficulty, but one of them actually promises abundance and fruitfulness and all totally. these really that's positive right. attributes that were like, that you actually look at like, a family that's really healthy. Uh, and I don't mean perfect by healthy, right. but a family that's really healthy 
and you're like, whoa, but you see that they put in the work, you know, and you see, maybe you can see multiple generations, you know, kind of circulating around each other, you know, at a ga- gathering and stuff. It's something that's like really admirable. And you're like, whoa, man, like I want that, you know, so yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. Well, I would love for you guys to pray. I, I, I think specifically I was praying about like, well, what do we, you know, usually have people pray at the end and uh, it didn't feel right to not have you guys pray, but I was thinking about specifically maybe the younger people and not even the younger people, but maybe, maybe some of the single people who are um, whether men or women who are, uh, are kind of through our conversation and realizing, oh man, I still have some, I still have some, 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 some garbage that I need to uh, expel from my life. And, and these are kind of unhealthy mentalities I have, or yeah, I am operating kind of from a place of brokenness. So I would just love for you guys to actually just pray, pray into that. Awesome. Well, I'm happy to do that. Yeah. Um, Lord, I just lift up right now, Father God, just all the young people, Lord, whether people are in even unhealthy marriages right now, or hard marriages and single people, single people who are, who were married, Lord, or just who've been hurt by, by another person, Father. And, you know, that has created, or they've internalized some of this pain and, you know, are now processing life through this way that the world has told them this is the right way to, to yeah. view men, male and female dynamics, Father. But I just ask, Lord, that you would just speak healing over that heart, Father, um, that you would just be present, super present right now, God, any brokenness, whether it's a father wound, whether it's a mother wound, a brother, someone in their life, God, um, whatever that looks like, Father, I just pray that you would bring healing on that, Lord, that you would bring a hopeful perspective, Lord, that you would just breathe hope into people's lives right now, that they could find someone, Lord, that would love them or that truly love them. That doesn't mean it's going to be perfect. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy all the time, but that would be able to sacrificially love one another, Father. I pray but I believe that you want every one of us to be in a relationship that is sacrificially loving of one another, Lord. So I just pray that for every person out there right now who needs that father um, in your name. We pray. Amen. Mm. Amen. Well, guys, this was absolutely fantastic. Thank you, Jeff. I really, really loved it. I thought it was really great. Um, you guys actually have a, you did a soft launch, but officially in rocktober <laughs> yeah baby uh you guys are uh i call october october that's when i listen to a lot of metal music i love it i'm not even joking <laughs> i actually do uh that's but, hilarious yeah but um so you guys are launching a show is it also going to be like on podcast platforms like audio yeah well Talk so yeah resource seven um you know is launching like a kind of over-the-top video on demand platform restore7.tv yeah restore7.tv and we've got like 35 shows on there and one of the shows is going to be justice and i show where we just kind of take on like hot button cultural issues like abortion should you know believers smoke weed you know what about all the new age stuff enneagram stuff all the just all the stuff that you know i feel like we're dealing in america right now we talk about some of the gender stuff we talk about like should christians have guns you know like all this kind of stuff that i feel like are just hot button america issues right now and so we'll be doing like ongoing content around those topics and we do a lot of this stuff from our um social media platform on instagram which we just started um which i think is what justice and chris yeah it's in the description yeah Yeah. okay awesome um so yeah that's that's gonna be out there and then um we have a lot of other great content creators as well yeah well i love that you guys look at things very i mean you guys are believers spirit-filled but you look at things from a very analytical lens um and i love that i think that it it provides a lot um i kind of ride the line between just very 
uh, I mean, I guess maybe the, the creative side of me, I yeah. I'm like ride the middle. So I always appreciate people who can, you know, like really like, you know, like people like Jordan Peterson and even like in, uh-huh. you guys, I, I know that sounds weird for you to be put in the same category. Thank as you, Jordan Peterson. Oh, yeah, <laughs> You're so proud. welcome. Wow. You're so welcome. No, but I just really appreciate your guys' insight. And so I've been loving, like you guys released a couple of little like reels of stuff. I'm like, this is absolutely amazing. So I'm really so excited for your guys' show yeah, personally. We love, we love connecting with you too, Jeff. You guys are amazing. We love what mm-hmm. you're doing at Elijah yeah. Fire. We tell everyone about you guys. And so we appreciate, we jump at any chance to, to get a conversation with you. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, well, I mean, there's so many different avenues we could talk about, you know, with everything that we, we talked about. Yeah. So there's plenty of material in the future. <laughs> it's going to be an ongoing, ever-developing thing in our society. So there's a lot to talk about. So, But thank you guys so much. Obviously, guys, links in the description to their social media. Follow them on Instagram. They post really good stuff. I think you guys are really going to appreciate what they have to say. So thank you, guys. Bye. You're awesome. See you, Jeff. Yeah. So everybody, that's our show. Have a blessed Thursday. Tune in tomorrow. We've got Troy Black back. He's got a great word. It's going to release on here. So you guys don't want to miss that. That's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Love you guys. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. 